Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. So I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. These episodes are recorded from my live Discord sessions where people from my community ask their questions all about family law and I try to answer them. If you would like to take part and ask a question yourself, I welcome you to join my Discord by clicking the link in my profile. Obviously, everyone that asks me a question knows that they're being recorded live for the podcast and I'm not giving advice. All I'm doing is making sensible suggestions and signposting. So, enjoy the episode. Right, Danny, we're going to kick off with you. So, whenever you're ready, what is your question? So, we got a court order for the 21st of October. Yeah. Um, and we received it on the post two, three weeks later. And the first item on it was that um, that which is the applicant was to arrange the ported contact simply because there was no one to drop the child anywhere else other than the support contact. So basically, there's no safeguarding issues. We checked closer to where the mother resides and there was only fortnightly contact and the court order says it needs to be two consecutive weeks before we pick him up from school. So the closest one we found was the next town over, which is 12 miles away from mother. And we offered to pay taxis um, there and back, um, basically to make it as easier as possible. Uh, and it was going to be two weeks, right? Now the mother refused and she didn't show up. On the order day, uh, there was information, letters, emails, everything, and she didn't show up. We were told by the contact center, because father hasn't seen child in over a year, that we need to go with an emergency contact order because we sorted now. Yeah, so an emergency contact order or application, really, is only used where the child is at risk. Okay, so it, I don't think it would fall under an emergency application. Um, the order that you have at the moment, just so I'm clear, um, mm-hmm. is that dad can have supervised contact at a contact centre. Um, That's supported, sorry. Supported. supported. All right, supported yeah. contact, okay. Um, but the contact centre wasn't agreed in court and therefore isn't in the order. Yes, so okay. it's a self-referral. Okay. Dad paid so, dad arranged for Yeah, I understand. So dad has sorted it out and then he wrote to mum and mum doesn't agree to going to that centre, is that right? Yes, because okay. it involves a train station. Yeah, That's fine. So, yeah. That's you fine. Just all, all I need to know is that she doesn't agree. I don't need to know the reasons why. Um, so essentially what dad then needs to do is enforce his order. Okay, so he needs to make an application using the C-79 to enforce the court order. Because if the court order doesn't stipulate what supported centre needs to be used, then Dad can use any Mm -hmm. any of them, okay? So, sorry. So, um, essentially, that's that's what he needs to do. Make an application to enforce. Okay, we'll do that. Can I just add something, and this is based on your experience, because I know each area is different. Does it take eight weeks as well as it does with a normal application or will it be looked at sooner than that? So if I was advising somebody, depending on where you live in the country, I would say three months. Oh, no. Mm. Really? Yeah, it can take a long time. In the interim, I think you need to be contacting mum as much as possible, asking her for her reasons as to why she doesn't agree with the centre. But essentially, some courts, we're, we are waiting on, on sort of 12 weeks at the moment before we get a hearing date. Oh, oh. All right. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Danny. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Kirsty, you are up next. What's your question? 
So I've been listening to you for a couple of weeks now and I have bought a house and my boyfriend has moved in and I heard about the financial order so that if anything happens, then it would come back to me for what uh, I own in the house. I went to the solicitor and they said that I wasn't eligible for a financial order due to him being living in my property for the past two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're wanting to buy a house together, but if, if anything went wrong, I wanted to be able to have financial security. So I went to the sister and they said that I wasn't, um, that I wasn't eligible for it. I'm just wondering if this was correct. Uh, did, they, did they tell you anything else, Kirsty? Did they tell you what you could do to protect your investment? No, they just said okay. because he's been living in the house for the past two years that I wasn't eligible, but he doesn't pay towards the mortgage. Okay, so a um, couple of things there. Um, you've gone in and asked for a financial order, so it's just the wrong terminology. So a financial order is what we will put together when um, a couple are divorcing. So it, that follows on from a marriage, all right? So that's not kind of what you need. What you're looking to do is create a deed of trust. So what you know you you want to record a deed of trust between you and your partner so that should the relationship break down that you both get back what you put into the new house um and then from there you would divide the equity um you know 50-50 or however you guys decide to do that. So it's a deed of trust that you need Kirsty. You would also if you're buying a house together, I would be suggesting that you hold that house as tenants in common. Now, that's something to chat to your conveyancing solicitor about. But you will hold it in tenants in common, potentially with unequal shares. Again, to reflect that you might be putting in slightly more money than your boyfriend. Does that help? Oh, can't hear Kirsty. Don't know what's happened there to your uh, volume. Uh, Boy Mama, you are up next. So mine is actually um, in regards to my son. Um, I had him over in Australia um, in 2019 and myself and my son came back over here um, his father is an Australian citizen um, and he stayed over in Australia there was a lot of kind of reasons behind that um, when I was back in England there was a few threats made if I was to apply for any kind of child maintenance he never um, he never went through with like a hate convention. I don't think he's ever sought legal advice either. Okay. Um, and then earlier this year, he I basically give him um, the option, you know, like he needs to make a lot of effort to um, for like contact and everything. You know, I'm ha- I was happy to go along with that. I give him everything that basically any, you know, any sort of parent would want in terms of um, like contact and things considering the distance. Um, he actually chose that he didn't want any parental responsibility over our son. Um, because of this, I said to him, you know, I kind of want this in writing. So we, well, I wrote a parenting plan, um, which was basically, you know, he has agreed that he doesn't want any kind of parental responsibility. I've made it very in-depth and in detail. Um, he had that signed by a justice of the peace over in Australia, and I had it signed um, in England by a notary. But I also know that that isn't, obviously, it's not a legally binding document. Um, My son is about to go to school next year. And what worries me is that I know that if his dad did, you know, in a couple of years time or next year or something, if he just suddenly decided to change his mind or, you know, try and kind of gain back control, he was quite a controlling person, um, that he can actually 
do that whenever he wants. Um, obviously, this is a big worry for me and, you know, for the future of my son as well. Is the, um, is so the father... thinking about going to court and actually having that document legally binded or going for the full sort of, you know... Um, is the father on the birth certificate, can I just ask? He is, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the first thing I would yeah. say is that the, the parenting agreement that, that you've had made, um, it, you won't necessarily be able to have that legally binding. That, that's the first thing. I'm not so sure you can just send in a parenting okay. agreement and have the court seal that. So long okay. as he remains on the birth certificate, he will always have parental responsibility, okay? But it doesn't mean that you have to worry about that. Um, because the the court will see that he's on the birth certificate and therefore he shares that with you. In reality, if father, for example, wanted to, I don't know, dispute the school that you were thinking about sending your child to or try and remove him and take him back to Australia, um, the court would look at the period of absence and see that actually you are the main carer of that child. So, you know, I think what you've got to think about is, um, even though he's got parental responsibility, actually, what can he do with that? You know, and think about what you're worrying about. You know, can he come back and, and sort of exercise that PR? Yes, he can. But if he were to make a court application, would he be successful in exercising that? And, and I suspect, no, he wouldn't. Do you see what I mean? Because okay. he, he's yeah. out there in Australia. So, um, you know, if, if your concern was that he didn't want to send your son to school, chances are the court's going to go with your view because you live here. You know, if he yeah. were to come back to the English courts and say, and it has to be done in the English courts, by the way, because your child is now yeah. resident yeah. in the UK. Um, but if he was to come back and say, well, I want to remove him back to Australia, th that's not going to happen because the status quo is that he's living with you. So what I'm trying to say is don't be fearful of the fact that he has parental responsibility. That's OK. So with, um, with things like travel and everything, yeah. I think, again, like one of the things that worries me is if we do go back over to Australia because yeah. um, my son's a dual citizen so if we did go back over there and he might try to put my son on the watch list so then we couldn't you know we might not be able to leave or it might go through like again a lengthy court battle yeah. um, like over in Australia to sort of prove all of this stuff and you know to prove obviously our, like we are habitual residents in England um, now and yeah because I, I was looking at going through the court to try and you know like to, to get rid of his parental responsibility really and i know that he would probably yeah. agree it is it is an aspect of the um parenting plan like the agreement that we like that i did put together yeah about, yeah you don't you, know, you don't need that yeah you, you i was gonna say you you don't need that if you've got concerns that on a, on a return trip or a holiday to australia he might do something then what you need to apply for here is a child arrangements order Okay, the child arrangements order would simply say that the child live with you and have contact with dad as and when the parents can agree. Now, because that order by the UK court would be first in time, the UK court then has the jurisdiction. So nothing, nothing could then happen in, in, if you go back for a holiday. That would be fine. That, that's, what, that's the route I think you need to take. A child arrangements order stating the child lives with you and has contact with dad. And you do that using the C100 form. Okay, so with that, would my um, like with my ex partner, would he have to get involved as well and 
explain yes, he that would. Bruce yes, he would. Yes, he would. No, he has he has parental responsibility, so he would get involved, um, and you would have a, a consent order drafted up between you both, and then you would send that into court. So from okay. from this point, you, you are going to need to speak to a solicitor just just to have that order drafted. Both of you sign it and then send that into court. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Just um, if I want to go ahead, sorry, with um the um like with. With the court thing, would how how does that go? Would it like is it Casu gets involved and is it a long sort of like not, procedure? Would yeah, not basically not. So, okay, so so now it's getting a bit more in-depth, um, and this is where you're going to need to take some sort of advice. Um, CAFCAS will not necessarily get involved because it would be um, an, a, a consent order, so it, it, you'd both agree to it, okay? So CAFCAS wouldn't necessarily be getting involved with this one, all right? But okay. I'm, I'm going to yeah. move on to the next one because we've got a big list this okay. evening. But Thank I hope you. that's helped. Bye. Thank you. Captain, how, hi, how are you? Um, this is a, a question from... Uh, uh, Julie Sav4. Uh, they were married seven years, and now I'll read you the, what she's put. <clears throat> um, when my husband and I bought our house, we had it written into the deeds that I owned two thirds, he owned a, a third, he owned a third, and he paid a third of the mortgage and bills. When we got married, nothing changed, and we still only paid a maximum of a third of the things we budgeted for. Um, if we're more expensive than budgeted, I put the extra in, and twice the deposit, and two lots of inheritance while he out in absolutely no extra than his one third of the bills. I also did 95% of the parenting. Originally we agreed it would be amicable if he agreed to one third of the house and now he says he's going to take for half of everything. So the chan what are the chances of him getting it based on the above information and based on the fact that he spent the last year, six years drunk and spending all his extra money on drink? So the first thing I would be asking if this was a client of mine is how long is the marriage? The longer, go, go on, seven, seven years. years, seven years, okay. Um, so it would be absorbed, how we phrase that captain is, it's absorbed within the marriage. So seven years is sort of mid-length going on towards a long marriage. So it doesn't really matter who's paid what. What the other side could argue is that actually she was in agreement to him drinking for six years and didn't do anything about it. Now, I'm not saying that that's fair or that's right, but that would be the defence from the other side. And there's case law to suggest that actually what you put up within a marriage, you can't then rely upon when you're going through a divorce. So in that regard, the starting point would, would revert back to 50-50 and the court wouldn't be looking at the contributions of who paid a third and who paid two thirds. However, that doesn't mean that the outcome will be 50-50 because from there then we have to look at the needs of the parties. So it might be that she doesn't earn as much as him that would be reflected in a settlement or it might be that medical conditions stop one of them from being able to have their full earning potential that would um, make us leave 50 50 it might be that there's dependent children in this marriage and therefore one of them has to stay at home and look after the children so i think her focus shouldn't necessarily be on who made what contributions during the marriage but actually on the factors now and what we say what's the needs of the party that's how we look at it all right so that that and will just shift got, her focus um, yeah go on she's got two children currently 12 and 15 
Okay, so um, she's she's then got two children under the age of eighteen. She's got six years minimum um, with the with the youngest one. Um, so she's and, and I'm assuming and when when you say she's got two children that they're going to live with her. Um, so so it would be it would be things like that, Captain, that would make us give her more than fifty percent. And obviously, we'd then have to look at what his needs are as well. I mean, I would hope his drinking isn't such that it stops him from working, for example. Um, because that could be seen as as a need, even though it's it's a you know potentially an addiction issue. Yeah, um, she said during lockdown he earned more than her because right. she was staying at home looking after the kids. Okay, and homeschooling, and he was still going out to work. Brilliant. So and that makes her a bit stronger. Yeah, legal representation. Okay, um, and another question she put in is how can I push him to start the financial settlement? He says I need to wait to hear from his solicitor. It's been months and still nothing has come through. Yeah, you see, he's got no incentive, has he, really? Uh, you know, you you got to think about it strategically. If he's got no incentive to start a financial application, he's probably not going to bother. Um, with regard to her not being able to afford legal representation, you'll know what I'm about to say, Captain. I always say, please, 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 at least try and find the money to have just one good consultation with a solicitor because that consultation will at least tell you what you're entitled to and then you can take it from there. The second thing is, if she wants to start the financial application, she can do. She must have submitted a divorce petition first, but um, she may qualify for fee remission so she might not want to do it herself because she's thinking well I can't afford the £275 court fee but if she has a look at the EX160 she may get either um, complete remission in other words she doesn't have to pay anything or a partial remission um, so there's ways around that and, and I would be encouraging her to start it and, and you know get into the driving seat do you know a, ball, a rough ballpark figure of how much a, a one-hour consultation with a family lawyer will cost? So it will depend on their hourly rate. So solicitors will start, like the newly qualified start at around the 160, 170 mark. And then, of course, the more, se- uh, that's per hour. So that, that's what that's what she'll be charged. And then the more senior ones, I mean, look, if you go into London, they can charge anything up to five, seven fifty an hour. Do you know what I mean? Um, but generally, people will be looking to pay around the ones, anywhere between sort of 160 and 250. You know what I mean? And, and then, of course, um, you need to be thinking about, do I need somebody senior? Not necessarily. You know, a lot of stuff that comes across my desk doesn't necessarily need my level of expertise um, because, you know, they're just a pension and a house that we're, we're dividing. Um, so then she needs to think about, well, all right, what do we have in this in this marriage? If it is just a house and a pension, maybe a bit of savings or what have you, it might need somebody that's maybe just two years qualified or three years qualified. And of course, flow on from that if you want to know the background of anybody you can just go on to the SRA website the Solicitors Regulation Authority and all of our information is on there that's great I hope that's helped someone today yeah brilliant thank you captain I'm sure it has thanks Tracy thanks speak to you soon bye Uh, Rachel you are up next um we got taken to court by um, my husband's parents to get access to our daughter to get a child arrangements order yeah uh, last week and the judge um, said that he didn't think that it was necessary, so that he was going to make no order. Now, we're being bullied by their solicitor saying that we have to go to mediation, but we have no 
final order yet, so I don't know the complete outcome of what the judges said we should do next. Okay, so let, tell the other side that then. Um, just say, look, we, we need to we need to get an order first. We need to get either the draft order or the sealed order from the court. Uh, I mean, if the court have ordered both parties to do mediation, then then obviously do that. But if you want to be clear as to what is expected of you, get the order. I did go back to them and say we're waiting, but they've yeah. been told the courts are eight weeks behind and they said they're not willing to wait, so they're going to look to apply again. Apply for what again? the court and then go to try and get a child arrangements order again well they'll have to wait eight weeks though won't they i don't understand like they're not going to speed it up are they yeah thank you they're saying that we don't have to wait for the order we need to go to mediation straight away yeah no i appreciate that but that you know that that's their position your position is i'd like to wait for the order please i mean to be fair was it you rachel that was in court or your partner both went and they Either. had and they've had when they okay. there and we're representing ourselves. Yes. So but you but if you were in court you'll have heard what the judge said about the mediation, yeah? Yeah. Okay. He didn't actually specifically say anything and he said he's gonna give all of his reasoning in the final order. Ah, okay. All right. Well then just say the other side, just tell them that then and, and if they disagree with that, well then that's their right to do so. But it doesn't mean that you have to do mediation. Just wait for the order to come through. No, thank you so much. So you're welcome. Bye. Take care, bye. bye. I'm going to have to go. I'm next oh. on the call. Hello. Hello, Emmy Wilson, whenever Hello. you're ready. Hello. Just We just heard the Can end you of me? your... We did. We just heard the end of that conversation. I was about to cut oh, it off sorry, if I thought yeah. it was confidential, but uh, no, it's fine. Of, uh... <laughs> what, yeah, what, what's your yeah, question? The other day because uh, I had to go to um, the court, I remember, and... Um, it was in front of a high court judge, but they changed it at the last minute and yeah. they put it as a uh, a district judge. But um, right. I don't know. I mean, she was just a bit. I mean, she, she just it's just gone for another cap cut. Now, one of my what reason why I'm calling is because with the cap cut, the last cap cut which we had, she basically didn't do her job properly, and it was just quite damning towards me. So I had to fight, you know all the way back to the final hearing. Yeah. And when she was questioned, it was just discovered that she didn't do her job properly. She just basically just done a blueprint to favour the mum. Yeah. But So I want to know now, because it's going back for another Section 7, is it likely, and plus I was making a complaint against CAPCAS, is it likely that it could go to the same CAPCAS officer? Potentially, yes. Potentially, yes, it could. I, I always sort of try to suggest that if people aren't happy with CAFCAS, try mm-hmm. to make the complaint at the end of the matter and not during, because it just makes your position that bit more difficult. Anyway, if it's done, it's done. Um, if it does go back to the same CAFCAS officer, because you have made a complaint, you could always ask that um, somebody else be allocated the case. Um, do I ask now? Because, I mean, I'm not sure if they've received it. Can I contact Kafkas and say, look, well, I was making a complaint against yeah. this officer because she yeah. failed to do her job properly. Yeah. Can I, can it be changed? Yeah. You, you could, well, what you could say is, you know, because that working relationship has broken down with that Kafkas officer, I would be really grateful if I could be allocated another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's probably, but there's no guarantee that you will be just because of the sheer volume of work that they have to deal with. And of course, the previous Kafkas officer knows your case, but give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, All right. I mean, with her, honestly, I don't know if best, she's best friends with the mother or not, but if it came back and 
came back with another damning report from her. Um, yeah, so yeah, you 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 could you could then just suggest that perhaps you don't feel it's biased, um, that it's unbiased. Sorry, that it's you know that it's a bit biased towards mum. I, I would just say tread carefully, just tread carefully with yeah. that one. All right. I mean, the thing is, even even with the status quo, with me being the primary carer, just based on that report alone, the yeah. status quo just completely changed during the the DRA and. That caused my child significant damage. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, she's still suffering from it today. So I mean, I don't want to use that same. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, one 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 well, step I'm at not... a time. See, see how you get on asking for her to be changed. So they've asked me to do another witness statement because this time I'm representing myself. They yeah. sent the last few witness statements I did. It was on A4 paper, but this yeah. if this witness statement they've asked me, they sent me a form of a. Um, a downloadable form. Do I still use all the um, the, the, the A4 style paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, all the yeah, headings yeah. and the writers, or Abs do I have to use that form? No, no. Well, do, I, I would just copy the template that you did before. Copy the template that you did before. Yeah. All right? Okay. All Fab. Right, well, thank okay. you very much. Thank You're you. welcome. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Um, Askar, you are up next. What's your question? Uh, so basically, I'm going to be really straight. My, my marriage was broken about a year ago. And she didn't took the UK divorce from me, just Islamic divorce, and got married somebody else. And we have one son who is four years old, and he has a skin condition. He have extra care throughout the day. Yeah. He's living with me full time. So because she got married, she had another daughter, and I want to, you know, do the house. Uh, it, it, because the mortgage is in our both name, and the equity is around 60%, uh, sorry, £60,000. Yeah. So what would be my chances if I go to the court? Because she's asking me for like twenty-five to thirty thousand pounds, and I don't, I don't have that kind of money because I'm a single father. I'm not working anyway. So I did go to the mediation, but uh, she was keep insisting for her fifty-fifty, and I just want to know what will be my chances if I go to the court. So are the children living with you? Yeah, he's living with me full time, and she she, she don't want to do anything with the child. Okay. And I've got that uh, that child arrangement order already there on on my name. Right, got you. Okay. Um. So, well, the fact that there is a child of the marriage and the child lives with you, that would yeah. be one reason that we'd move away from fifty fifty. So, you know, if you if yeah. if, if the sixty thousand in the property, then the starting yeah. point is definitely thirty each. But that's one reason why why we would move away. Um. But we also look yeah. at other factors. So we look at the earning potential of both the 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 parties, and we look at the medical needs of both the parties. And of course, the court's going to want to ensure that she's earning enough to be able to provide her own housing needs so that's got to be looked into as well um yeah. what what you need to do i think because it's difficult to answer your question which is you know what are the chances that you know i'll, I'll be able to keep a little bit more because i can't afford to give her sort of the 25 30 000. but i think what you need to do because you may not even need to give her that much depending on the circumstances is have that yeah. one-off consultation with the solicitor because the yeah. other thing that can be um, that you can ask about is what we call a measure order and a measure order yeah. is where you will pay the other party their 50 percent but at the time the youngest child turns 18 which means that okay. you're, you're not forced to remortgaging or selling the property until then if you can't afford to do so so i think well yeah. worth you having a, a consultation with somebody 
Yep. Okay. So in that mesh order, so will that be the house property today or uh, like whatever will be after 18 No. It, yeah, it's it's the 50% of the amount of the equity at the time of the transaction. So some people can afford to do it before the child is 18, but you must do it when the child is 18. But yes, in order to sort of um, give back to the person who's waited all that time, they will get 50% of what it's worth at the time they receive it, not now. You can't lock it in. Okay, we can't. So it means if, if I'll be paying for like yes. next three, yep. like 16 years, so she'll still get, get that. Absolutely, there, so. absolutely. But um, what the courts say, what the courts yeah. say is that you you will pay for it because you've got exclusive use of it, and better to pay for that than having to sell it and then have to pay yeah. for something else anyway. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. you very much. That, You're welcome. Really okay, thank you. thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Quick question on the TikTok, just being asked how to get onto Discord. So you have to download the Discord app, set yourself up a profile, and then click on my Discord um, app in the in my profile um, or bio um, so that you can then come into the lounge here um, and um, ask me a question. Lauren, you are up next. What's your question? I'm having some issues with my solicitors. So we're going through child arrangements yep. um, through court. Um, my solicitors have messed up hugely on yeah. more than one occasion. Um, they're now emailing saying, like, if, I, if I'm still blaming them for the issue, which I am because it is their fault, but technically it's not theirs as, like, a firm. It's one lady, but she doesn't work there anymore. But obviously the firm is, like, accountable for it. That's right. Um, she's saying now, like, if you don't like it, maybe you should find someone else to represent represent you. Am I caught on Friday? Oh, God, really? I know, yeah, and it's in front of a district judge now, so it was it was meant... I was there on Thursday, just gone. Um, and then, because there's so much, like, there's abuse and all, there's all sorts between me and uh, the baby's dad. He is seeing her once a week, his choice. He only wanted to say that once a week, so I'm giving that. Um, he's supervised at the moment. Um, so they've put it in front of a district judge because it's a bit more complex than the thought at first. And then, obviously, I've said to my barrister on the day, like, look, this is what's happened. I've asked for a non-molestation order three times. They didn't get back to us. I'm quite annoyed about that because he's still able to contact me and every family member. Um, he's, he's abusive towards everyone. Um, and now they're like, well, you know, when who did you speak to and when did you ask? And I'm like, well, I asked in May, I asked in April, and I can't remember the one before that. Um, and yeah, you just have messed up. And then I'm getting like RC emails from them saying like, um, well, I'm not the fee earner, so you have to ask such and such. I'm just passing the message on. So I'm like, well, can you ask since you're the one that's emailing about the information? So and then like, yeah, and then getting are you are you asked, are you legal aid, Lauren? I am, yeah. yeah, so so essentially you, you've, you've got a complaint about the firm. I think when, when it comes to legal aid, it's really difficult to get a solicitor. Um, and not that they're making any excuses for the way that you've been treated, but effectively you need to know who your solicitor is and just ask for an appointment with them. Um, and that's all you can do, um, you know, you because you can, by all means, you can leave them and you can go and get somewhere else. But I wouldn't be doing this. Um, you know, if your hearing is on Friday. So I'd be trying to do the best I can with them, muddling through, and then maybe look at it again after the hearing on Friday. Yeah, I did think that. I'm just, I'm quite scared because, like, I'm really soft. 
and obviously solicitors aren't soft so yeah. i sort of feeling like when i've asked that to ring us tomorrow um rather than sending emails because i need to explain me if she was with her or the firm yeah per se it's about one particular incident that has affected the entire case yeah which is obviously like my daughter's safety is at risk here so maybe um, maybe put that in writing to them also know that all law firms have a complaints policy and there will be a procedure to follow. So if you're getting nowhere, and again, I wouldn't advise you do this until after your hearing on Friday, but if you're getting absolutely nowhere, then ask for their complaints policy. They will give it to you. It will be on their website. So you'll be able to go, you know, to do it through that. But the first thing I would do is, because it sounds to me as if there's some miscommunication here. And perhaps, you know, your, your, your calls are being answered by paralegals or trainees who are really stressed. Legal aid departments can be quite stressed. Um, and maybe you know they're not really understanding what your issue is they haven't got time to sit down you may now have a reputation of being oh that lady that always calls up and blah 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 so maybe if you just put it in writing keep it short and sweet and to the point and say look you know not I'm not um, blaming you personally but I, I just want this issue resolved maybe deal with it that way yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm an overthinker, so when I, like, send an email and stuff, I put every little bit in. Yeah, and don't. I can't help it. So even though yeah. I think it's, it's short and sweet, yeah. it's like massive. Yeah, yeah. keep it. I mean, you know, we get so much correspondence to read every single day. If I open up an email and it's a couple of lines, I'll deal with it there and then. If I open up an email and it runs to more than a page, I think, right, I'll come back to that. I just don't have time right now. Um, you know, I think I think if you if you keep it even to just half a page of A4, that would be better. And really try and summarise it in in that. All right. Yeah, I have tried to, and I've like I, I ran up and I says, look, let's explain. Like, obviously not over email because you can't tell the tone of an email. Um, but like, there's there's a few different things, and I'm just quite scared because I know my solicitor is quite like strong. Don't don't be don't be yeah don't don't be scared, Lauren. I, mean, I don't know how much more I can tell you, but don't be scared. Yeah. You, I think keep them on board until Friday, and then have a rethink after that. But I certainly wouldn't be doing anything between now and Friday. All right. Yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Great. No problem. Thanks All right. So Thanks, Lauren. Bye. Um, Angelica, you are next up. So my story is: I have been with my boyfriend for fifteen years. Uh, obviously, living together fifteen years, we've got two children, nine and four. And during the 10 years we've been saving for property, um, obviously he was, uh, because he earns more, I was looking more for after children, although I do a work too. Um, he was uh, saving directly uh, from his uh, salary on the side. Um, and then we bought property two years ago, but he decided for me to not be uh, on the register because I own a broad property and he thought that we might not be eligible for a first time buyer tax. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I went along with it. Um, and now after two years of renovation, which I helped with my time and also a bit financially, but fortunately on the side only of furniture and kitchen, um, the majority was coming from his uh, pace. Um, now he's told me that he's going to move there alone and we're going to split and the kids are going to be living 50 with me, 50 with him. Um, my question is, obviously we're not married and I've already 
listened to a few of your um, 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 posts that um, if we are not married, I have no rights to that property. So I'm just only calling to just check, double check, is there anything that it is belongs to me if we lived so many years together and we've been saving, but technically he was saving, I was spending more on day to day. Okay, yes. yep. So if you're not married, then obviously anything that's in his name, you will have no claim to. And, and, and I know that you already know that, but I say that for, for everyone else that, that's listening and might have the same issue. If there are children involved and you need help to house them um, because mm-hmm. he, you know, he's going to take the house or whatever, then what you can do is make an application under Schedule 1 of the Children's Act. And what that does is it allows people who aren't married to each other to make a financial claim through the children. But you will need to take advice on that, okay? Because it's okay. it's a it's quite a technical application. It's certainly not something I would recommend anyone do themselves. It does it does fall outside of the family law arena, um, but that is an option for you. Um, the other thing I would say is that you you can make a claim against his assets um, if you have paid into them. Um, now, by the sounds of it, Angelica, you haven't, so that might not be an option for you. But again, anyone else that's listening, if you have paid into a property that's not in your name and you're in a relationship with that person, then you can make a claim to have that back. Um, it's an expensive application to make to the court. So again, I would advise anyone take advice before doing it. But yeah, for you, Angelica, I would suggest a Schedule 1 application. Okay, um, and even if I uh, if I'm renting, and um, so the place is going to move in soon because the renovation's finished. So on the place we are renting, it's my name on. Is that it? You won't be able to prove that I'm already renting and I've been paying all this rent for the last ten years. And it was well, a problem. I think I think you you've jumped the gun slightly. What we would need to do first of all is see what you would make a claim for. So, you know, if if it's a case that you can't get a mortgage in your name because of earning capacity or what have or whatever, then you may not you may not succeed in a schedule one application. So this is where I think you'd have to take just an hour's advice, first of all, from a solicitor to chat through your options, because we'd need to know a lot more about the situation to be able to sort of say to you, right, this is what you need to go to court for. All right. I just All right. thank you very much. I just wanted to know that. Yeah, right. sure. Thank you yeah, for letting me know. that's thank fine. You. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Um, who's up next? Taj. There we go. What's your question, Taj? Hi. Um. So it is about um a child arrangement order as well. So it, it's quite complicated because I basically fleed a forced marriage, um, and my daughter was only five years old. So the father's not seen the child, basically since the five days nothing at all no contact he's only he only gets um monthly updates about yep. the child and a few photos yeah that's the most um but the child arrangement um court case has been going on since 2020 so it's been quite a long time yeah and um he's still not got a contact because it's still ongoing um there's fact finding hearings and stuff like that but because it's his word against mine, there isn't much evidence. My main question and concern was just because 
I think he's a danger to my daughter. He's not met her. And, you know, the more time passes by where she's not having any sort of relationship with him. I'm in a new relationship now. So she's, you know, she's naturally going to be involved with my partner and his family and things like that. So if he does get contact eventually, I'm just worried she's never met this person. He's a stranger to her. She's not even seen a picture. Yeah. The court just decide all of the oh, okay, he gets contact, it's once a week or once a month or whatever, and she has to see him, or do they ease her into it? Yeah, they would... They would they would ease her into it, Taj. So if you know if there's been a long period of absence, generally a court order will be stepped. So you know it might start with an hour, and then it might go to two hours. It might be that you're there for the first few times, or somebody else is there. And so yeah, it it won't just go from nothing to all day contact. That 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 would be very rare for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the main concerns, and sort of like you know when there's when when it's a family case where it's one word against the other. And normally, the only thing that you can rely on is um, memory. Yeah. Well, you can't. Yeah, you're not going to be allowed to even use anything that's hearsay. Um, But for for a lot of a lot of people, it's just memory. So you make your statements um, according to what you remember the incidents that happened and what the outcome of those incidents were. And then, of course, at a final hearing, you'll both be cross-examined on your statements. And if there's anything that you can attach by way of exhibits, there might have been a text message or there might have been a WhatsApp or an email sent to verify your point. But don't worry if you haven't got any evidence because... A lot of times where there's domestic violence or people are rowing, there is no evidence. It's one person's, yeah. you know, word against the other. So, And the court will just look at the cross-examination and, and who convinces the court to believe them. That That's, you know, that's the basics yeah. of it, really. All right. That's but what, what I was worried about. Yeah, but yeah, I, what so... I would say, Taj, is don't don't worry about stuff that hasn't happened. Wait, wait until yeah. it happens, and then you actually won't have time to worry because you'll be thinking about right. How do we deal with this? What's in our best interests? All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fab. Okay. All right. All Thanks, right. Taj. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Andy K, you are next up. I, I have called you before, but things have moved on a bit um, from from what they were before. I've um, I, I have been previously called into a, a Miami um, because my 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 ex partner um, wanted to move with her current partner away to Southampton. Yeah, that that went dead, and uh, because we couldn't agree, and then so um, it went dead, and then we had a chat, and I thought it was all sorted out that they went to Petersfield, um, got a place there, and that, that, that he was going to be able to travel to Southampton 30 miles, and we were going to be able to travel. They were gonna, uh, She was going to be able to travel with the kids on the half the week. We've got 50-50 shared custody. And I thought that was going to be okay. Um, and that, you know, and I'm here still in Guildford, and, and, and you know, that's how it's going to carry on. However, out of the blue, about three weeks ago, Whilst I was trying to sort out um, uh, applying for my son's uh, secondary education, he's 11, um, uh, which starts, that starts September 2023, and you have to get the application in now. Um, I was filling out the form, we discussed it all, I'd been to schools with him, Tessa had actually been to one school with me, that's my ex um, uh, and she hadn't been the, the, the ones more recently, which I was a bit, you know, sort of surprised at. But anyway, 
we, we, I went along and my son was fully engaged in the process. So I, it was left with me to fill out the form on the, on the, on the computer. I did that. And as soon as I um, had had done that, um, she then came back with, what the hell are you doing? How dare you do that without asking Jacob and without asking me, like setting up a false argument. Right. And so I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. And then I then found out um, a couple of days ago um, when applying to, uh, when trying to contact the, the, the GP, because she'd said to me some time ago, oh, set up the GP because that will be best for them in Guildford. I then got in touch with the, the GP and said, oh, I sent you a form in a while ago and you haven't responded back to me. Anyway, long story short, she, they said to me, oh, it's it, they're both inactive. Both your children are inactive and they've gone to a, a GP's in, in, um, in Petersfield. So she's done that behind my back without okay. asking me. First of all, all is right. that legal? Well, it's only illegal if there's a court order that says she can't do that. So the answer okay. to that is probably okay. yes. Right. OK, so I can. Uh, can I change it back? Yes, you can. Because... But I think that the more sensible thing to do is if, if you guys can't sort it out verbally between you and mm. then you go through the normal route of going to mediation, you can't sort it out that way, then it's going to have to be a court application. It's gonna... Yeah, yeah, court application and the C one hundred and yeah, but um, but but um, the, the question I was going to say was that I got the mediation. She straight away, she just goes straight into it because the previous time I received no discussion. Right, sister's letter on the map. Yeah, you know, that, that was the, my first thing, and then yeah. I agreed. Yeah, okay, I'll go to mediation. You yeah, talk about. So what, Andy? And what's the question? Time, get just get time, to the no, question no for me. Mediation again. Yeah, and. And so, and so, I don't know what we're discussing. I mean, we've got fifty-fifty access, as I say. Right. I mean, is Andy, it, is it? Um, do, Andy, are there, moves, are there any moves I should make to prepare for what might happen in the, in the mediation, or do I just go into it blind? No, I just I just go into it. I think it's going to be a discussion about all the things that you're telling me about that you guys can't agree yeah. on. So that's the whole point of of the mediation. So you, if the question is, do I need to prep for mediation? which I think yeah. is the question. Um, the answer to that, and I say this because other people are listening, no, not really. Um, you know, not for your first session. You go along to your first session and you just have a chat about what you both can't agree on. Also, would it, would it be, is it, is it, do you think it's fair and reasonable for kids to be involved in being asked about it? Because I think that what they've done is they've that, that will depend, kids. that will depend, Andy, on the questions being asked and the age of the children. So do I think it's they're reasonable? Right, eight and, and 11. All right. So if, if we're talking, depends what we're talking about. But, you know, potentially, yes. Potentially, if we're talking about a school, then absolutely the 11 year old should be involved in that. Yeah. And since then, they've been. They, 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 there was no discussion about it. But since then, they've taken them to last Saturday to the Petersfield School, right. even though they knew nothing about it. Okay. Well, um, so okay. Kind of so like if you, if into that. well, if, if one, could I ask one more question? I'm sorry, I don't make want to take it, it from anywhere for us. From, yeah, from, from as, other people on Andy, very Andy, what um, I would say it's, 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 is, Andy, if you if you can just ask me the question, I'd be really grateful. Just ask the question for me. Yeah. Thanks. There's, one, there's, there's, there's one more issue, which is child benefit. Ah, now I, I'm going to stop you there because I don't deal with benefit. That strictly stays with the CMS. Right. Okay. All right. 
Okay. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much for your... You're welcome. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. Hair Grills, you are next. Hi. um, Hello. I was speaking with you before, a while ago. Um, I'm just... I have uh, the initial Kafkas. Yeah. I don't know how how it's turned, but like when they make inquiries. Um, So obviously they're going to contact me at some point. I have them one day... My, my two children, I have them one day in the week and I'll turn the weekends. I'm basically yeah. asking for 50-50, which would be two days in the week and I'll turn the weekends to what I'm proposing anyway. Um, and I'm, I, I just wondered if you had any advice on it, how to deal with that. Like, I, I don't want to kind of, I'm not trying to character assassinate or anything like that, but I'm also conscious it's my one chance to make the case that it's in the best interest of the children that I have them 50-50. Yeah, um, so it's... Just it, a bit anxiety, it, but I'm just a bit worried that I'll either be too nice or or unnecessarily yeah. cruel. Yeah. So the, the, the yeah the first thing I would say is it it can be really difficult to go from one night per week to fifty fifty. Um, essentially, um, go on. Sorry, I have one night a week and alternate weekends, so I'm only asking for one other day a week. So I have um, alternate weekends already and it, uh, one day in the week and I'm asking for two days in the week. And so, the so that's four nights in a fortnight. Four nights out of 14. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've just looked it online and I okay. think it's one of the kind of ideas that's suggested as, as 50-50, but that's not. Okay. Like one week. So if, if you have them one night a week, then that, that's definitely two nights a fortnight. And then if you're having alternate weekends, oh, I'm, I'm assuming Friday and Saturday, that would be another two. Yeah. yeah, so we're talking four nights out of 14, and effectively what you're looking to do is go for another three nights a fortnight to get seven, okay? So it's not it's not a huge jump, but it, it, it's, it's a big enough jump to disrupt a child's routine. So that's, that's where you need to be focusing on. Why does the three nights in addition to your four nights, how is that in the child's best interests? Okay, because the the other side and potentially Kafkas are going to be looking at how that disrupts the children. So your case needs to be how actually the, the disruption will be minimal. Potentially, it will be seamless. You might want to build up to that. So let's have, you know, two nights one week and then three nights the other week. And we're just going to gradually build up, you know, so you're getting um, you go from four nights this month to five nights to then six nights, you know, to men and a gradual build up. Um, And again, just why? How is this in the best interest of the children? So, you know, you don't want to just be jumping in, as you say, don't don't character assassinate. Um, but it's difficult because if you're unless you're asking for full residence, you can't really character assassinate if the other parent. And again, I'm saying this not just to you, Hair Grills, but to the others that are listening. The other parents still having them 50 percent of the time. So they're either a fit parent or they're not. Do you know what I mean? So um, your focus needs to be on the disruption will be minimal. We're going to build up to it. And this is why I think it's in their best interests. And, and can the build up be tied into a quarter? I'm just conscious. Of yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that that's what you'd be that's what you'd be asking for, and and we we do we have court orders that can be quite lengthy, because we are doing just that. We're 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 having a paragraph about this month and a paragraph about next month, and we're doing that whole build up process. Okay, and 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 so if 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 the conversation goes that way with Kafka, so I can offer that without sort of stitching myself up. No, 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 offer it. Yeah, no, no. Court, be, you know I mean, I, I really like 50-50. Be, yeah, be really open. 
but again, yeah. be careful how you say it. You, yes, I know you want 50-50-50, but don't say it like that because it's not about what you want. It's about what's in the child's best interests. So just just be careful. I, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Do, you, do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, great. All right. Hope that works anyway. Candy27, you are next up. Um, my question is quite a broad question, um, but I will start. Um, basically, um, going through a divorce at the moment, um, and my husband is currently living in the joint matrimonial home, which yep. we own together. Um, I have moved out with my four-year-old son and currently living with my parents. Um, he has refused to sell the property, even though we were due to really complete an exchange this month. Um, he pulled out at the last minute and said he doesn't want to move. Okay. Um, so I have had a solicitor sort of write to him backwards and forwards. Um, and he has, you know, we've said, you know, if, if this doesn't go through, then we'll end up sort of going to court, which is what I have done. So I have just um, sent off a Form A um, to the court. Um, so I'm not eligible for legal aid and also don't have the money to pay for um, ongoing support from a solicitor. So yep. um, I'm going to be a litigant in person. Yeah. Um, so I just really wanted some advice, really, about whether that is something I can do on my own. Um, and yeah, just some broad advice, really. So the first thing I'm going to say to you, Candy, and I say this to yeah. everybody that wants to do it themselves, I am 100%, you know, in support of that. This is, And this is the main reason I do the TikTok and I do the Discord yeah. and the Instagram is because there are so many people out there that simply can't afford ongoing legal support. So mm -hmm. by all means, do it mm -hmm. yourself. But when it comes to finances... I, I, yeah. I, I'm going to suggest that you just take that first hour with a solicitor because okay. it's really difficult for me to say, yes, go ahead and do it yourself when actually I have no clue what you're entitled to. And more importantly, mm -hmm. you don't know what you're entitled to actually. So mm -hmm. you might be entitled to more than what you think. You might be entitled to less than what you think. Yeah. I think so that, I have, that has to, to be the foundation. Like yeah, okay. I mean, I have spoken with her and she we sort of made a proposal in the beginning, which yeah. we wanted to get to about 60-40, uh, yeah. Six, yeah, 60, 60 to, to me because I look after my son full time and he only sees him on Sundays. Yeah. Uh, so I am that primary carer um, and he wouldn't agree to anything. And then, you know, when he came and said he didn't want to sell the house, we then sort of said, right, we'll just do 50-50 because I just wanted to get the house sold. And again, he would just not agree to anything. Um, so we have had discussions around what she thinks I'm entitled to. Um, and we've had those discussions. So, I mean, you know, Good. in terms of going into that first hearing, how does that look? Do I have to fight my case? Like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> no. So at a first appointment, you'll have already swapped for me's. You'll have already have done okay. questionnaires. You'll go into the first appointment. And essentially, it's a directions hearing. So unless you two can agree an order, then the court can't actually order anything of its own motion. So it will be okay. establishing from both of you, right, what's missing? What's missing that's stopping this from settling? And it will send you both off with some homework, really. Replies to questionnaires, valuation of houses, more pay slips, whatever's needed. 
agreed. And then okay. you'll come back to the second hearing if you still haven't agreed. And at the second hearing, it's, it's another directions hearing. Only this time, mm. the court will give an indication. And they'll say, OK, if we were deciding it today, this is how we would make a financial order. Because the court okay. really don't want to do it. They want you two to come to an agreement about it. If you mm. can't, it's at the third hearing that the court will make an order. And that's where you have to fight your corner. But for the first and the okay. second one, they're just directions hearings I mean you're constantly going to be trying to to get a resolve with him um, but just know mm-hmm. that if you can't then it will have to go all the way to a final mm-hmm. and with the the sale of the property um, as he's not agreed now can they force the sale of the property yeah they can give you an order for sale absolutely okay. yeah yeah if that's what okay. you've asked um, for and when would that happen? Would that only happen at that third hearing? Yeah, because if he's not in agreement to it, then you have to wait to get to the final hearing before the court can order it. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And right. what's the sort of time scale am I looking at? Um, three months between each one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Candy. Bye bye. It's good sometimes to take a question like that because there's loads of um, you out there that may be thinking about doing a financial application. So there is just the three hearings in finances. um, And it's good to have a little recap every now and again. Um, Gemma, you are next up. What's your question? Hiya. So I have spoken to you before, but things kind of like escalated. So my. Parents have got an SGO with my two youngest one yeah. and my eldest one is 18. Um, there's been a few calls of concerns and I have reported it to the social services, but they are, I mean, they just go on safeguarding, which in my mind, sometimes it's not always a safeguarding issue. There's other issues aside of it. Social services are just point blank, don't want to get involved. And because my parents have the SGO, they're just constantly, you have to go back to court and you have to do this. That's not a problem. It is kind of financially a little bit of problem because my solicitors that I have used before, they want basically £5,000 up front. Okay. Um, I, I am able to pay it monthly, but they're just not entertaining that. Yeah. But it's kind of, what, what else can I do with social services? Because, I mean, their well, reasons when they investigated it was the children are happy in school. They've got glowing reports, but they've always had glowing reports. And Gemma, I think, that- yeah, I think what, what I would say, Gemma, is that the, the reason that social services keep telling you to go back to court is because there's a court order in place at the moment. So, <clears throat> so even if social services gave you full backing and said, you know what, um, if you make an application to the court, we'll give you full backing to have the kids return to you. You've still got to go to court. So they are they have very limited resource. It, their priority is making sure the kids are safe. The kids are safe because they're with your parents and your parents have got an SGO. So mm. I think the two things I would be telling you to, to be really sure about is one, do you have the backing of social services if you go to court? Because if you don't, don't bother. And secondly, do you have the backing of your parents? Because obviously your parents are going to be asked to make statements and do character witnesses about you, about your ability. And also, the other thing that I'd be asking you to think about is, what about, how long is it since the SGO has been made? Has sufficient time passed for you to have made the necessary changes? Because whilst safeguarding is, is you know, you say, well, it's not all about safeguarding. It kind of is, really. It kind of, it is that those kids, if they're going to be returned to you, 
The court's got to be 100% sure that they're going to be safe. So I think 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 about all those elements of it and, and appreciate that while social services perhaps aren't giving you the attention that, that you think you warrant because you want your children back, it's because you've already got a court order and therefore only the court can amend that order anyway. So it's going back to court if, if the order's going to be amended. Yeah. Um, what it, I mean, I've never said that I've, I'm worried about them being at my parents' house. My dad's 49 years old. It's more along the age factor, like my children are just constantly on their Xboxes from the minute they get in from school, and weekends, you might as well say, 48 hours. Um, and they don't take them out, I mean, my mum's 74, because they literally haven't got, you know, they're not yeah. physically able to now. Yeah. Age, you know, not that I want to deem their age, but they are, you know, I'm the only one that does the kind of the educational activities yeah. or the fun activities. Pardon? What's your question of me then? So it's kind of like my eldest one where he's, he's got ASD and when he has his meltdowns, it's my little one who's nine years old has had to take himself downstairs out, like to sort safety. Right. Go on, so what so, What are you asking me? What's your question? So it's kind of like, is it, I know social services are saying it's just safeguarding, but is there not other things that can be kind of thought about aside from just safeguarding? But it's all safeguarding, isn't it, really? I mean, the whole thing's safeguarding. That's what you're saying, you know, that maybe the children aren't getting out enough. That that's, that's all feeds into the welfare of the child. Um, yeah, I think, I think, like yeah, where, where, where you've got to be careful though, um, is you can't, an SGO, and obviously Gemma, I don't want you to disclose anything about the SGO, but the SGO was made for a reason. You know, the courts deemed it appropriate for the children to be removed from you and placed with the parents. You know, yeah. that, that may be better than having put the children into care. So what, what, what I would say to you is, if there are problems that you foresee, be quite open and honest about them, but in a very diplomatic way. Because what you don't want to do is start running down the people that are looking after them. Because if you're really good at doing that, the children may be removed from them and taken into care. Don't assume that if your parents aren't up to the mark, then social services will automatically return the children to you, okay? But you're no, right, I, I think that the, the welfare concerns are such that you it, it's your job to make them out if you feel that they are such that the SGO should be amended. But I'll, I'll repeat what I said initially, you've got to look at whether or not the children are going to be given back to you or whether they're going to be given to somebody else. Because it might be that they're given to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, social services won't even give me an answer on whether they'll back me. I mean, the social workers have said, yes, they would back me. So make well, just go yeah. And the reason, yeah, the reason they probably won't do that is because in order to be able to assess your case, they've got to really get involved with the family. There's no, they haven't got the budget to do that at the moment because the children aren't at risk. They deem the children to be safe and in care, uh, you know, in in good care. Um, so they're not going to really sit down and, and assess that with you because they're off onto the next family where the children are at risk. And it's a sorry state, but that's just how the society, our society is at the moment. We just don't have enough resources for social services. So your only option is to make the application. And if you can't afford to be legally represented, then you may have to think about doing it yourself. If you feel that strongly about it, 
Um, you know, I, the other thing I would say is if your solicitor wants £5,000 up front and you want to use them, then perhaps put that money away until you've got that amount I don't know if not then represent yourself if if you know if you as I say if you feel that strongly about it is representation like representing yourself with a case like an SGO um I mean I know it's doable yeah it's doable I mean well you've 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 been through the process once before so you've sat in court with your solicitor through the previous proceedings you know you you know what's going to be expected of you and what to the challenges that you, you're going to face. Ultimately, it comes down to how you present your evidence, but I'd certainly make your application. You're going to wait three months before you get a hearing date and then take it from there. But again, make sure that it's not too soon. You know, some people ring me and say, I've had an SGO 12 months and I want to take it back. It's too soon. It's far too soon to be doing that. Yeah, it'll be coming up three years. But that's, but I mean, that's, that's a good length of time. so much has changed. Yeah, that's a good length of time, Gemma, if I'm honest with you. And that's what you want to be showing the courts, your improvements, how you've changed, why the children should potentially be spending more time with you. Maybe not back with you full time, but spending more time with you. You know, if your parents aren't in agreement to them spending more time with you, then, you know, maybe that's how you go back to court first. Not for residents, but just to get increased contact with them and do it gradually. And build up. And build um, up, yeah. All right, brilliant. All right. Thank you so much for You're your welcome. Time. Thanks, Gemma. Bye. Right, we've ran over, guys, which is absolutely fine. Don't mind that at all. So I hope that's helped. Um, as you know, um, TikTok, there's a few questions there. I am here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 5 till 6. We do an hour of family law questions. Apologies to those in Discord that have still got their hand up, but I will be back here tomorrow. So please join me then back in the lounge and put your hand up and hopefully I'll get to answer your questions. Um, until then, I hope you guys all enjoyed that. I hope you got something out of that. Take care and I will see you tomorrow. Bye.